0: To This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 167, recording this live January 31st, the last day of January 2014. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.TV, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Canada, a week before the Olympics, baby. I just Canada, I got mine too. Right I love here. it. And that voice you hear is, of course, Asif Khan from the Location-Based
1: Marketing Association in Toronto. And it's like a little bit warmer today. So that's good. <laughs> a little bit warmer today. But yeah, we're supposed to get some more snow tomorrow or tonight, actually. So anyhow.
0: You know, it can be cold. For the entire time the Olympics is on. I won't go outside. I'm
1: all about it. I'm in total Olympic uh, spirit mode, ready to go. Um, You know, yeah. It is wonderful. And, uh, And sorry, I forgot to say, if you're trying to find us at the LBMA, we are at the lbma uh on twitter or uh the lbma.com uh that's where you can find us so yeah
0: pretty easy and of course on or at rob woodbridge is my twitter and of course by email rob at untethered.tv or cf at the lbma.com best way to reach us now that we've gotten that out of the way how was your week uh you didn't get caught in the uh snowstorm of the century the two inches that poor atlanta <laughs> got
1: no we were supposed to have an event in atlanta on uh on wednesday evening uh this week, and, uh, uh, we we basically just completely canceled it because it's, uh, I mean, it's been postponed till like April or something now, but uh, yeah, it's just, uh, we had to shut it down. The whole city got shut down, so I mean, I, I, Amazing. I, didn't even, I didn't even fly. I just took my ticket and
0: moved it to the next trip, so. Somewhere warm, and you know, I, I just contemplate that two inches, right, which is like this much of snow, yep. two inches of snow. I,
1: yeah, but when you, when, front... when you have no salt and no equipment, like it's, you know, it's, I mean, we're so used to it up here where, you know, there's snow all winter, like, you know, or at least on and off, and, and like, you know, the... They they pre-salt the streets, you know, before the snow's coming down. You know, like it, it, it's we're prepared, right? So you know,
0: it, it is. Uh, I, I have uh, four and a half feet of snow on my lawn. Four and a half feet of snow in my lawn. But can yes. I tell you? I we didn't talk about this at all. And this will only take a minute. But I had the most harrowing experience I've ever had in my entire life in an automobile. Just this past week, it could have been the end of it. End of me. Uh, it was a, uh, I was driving down, and we had blowing snow and snow, as we always do in Ottawa, and I was on the Queensway, which is our main highway, uh, the 417, it's, I, and I was in this spot where there was five open lanes, and I had pulled onto the onto the Queensway, and it had not been plowed at this moment. There oh. were tracks. You know how that is? And uh, there was a, a plow up in front of me, and the five lanes were clear, it, and uh, kind of a look back, and there was no car behind me, no cars behind me, and this is during typically rush hour, around 9.30 in the morning, one morning, and... Uh, and obviously there had been massive accidents all over the Queensway that had stalled the traffic and had snarled it behind me. And thank God I got onto the Queensway and I drove onto the Queensway. And there was a plow up in front of me, and basically the plow w- had his hazards on and he turned into my lane and uh, like lit- like four feet in front of me. So I did what everybody does, I turned and I overcompensated with my turn and I started I fishtailed left across two lanes, and then I thought, oh shit. And I, you know, I did the exact yeah, same yeah. like you're not supposed to do, I you know yeah. overcompensated the right way, and I and I and I spun and I fishtailed right across three lanes, no cars, and then I did of course what every rational human being does, I started screaming right like ah, but I turned again, I overcompensated, and I was thinking in my head stop, slow down, so I overcompensated, and uh, what ended up happening is I did a full 360 and ended up nice. across the Queensway into the fast lane perpendicular to the highway <laughs> looking at a field across four lanes of open highway and I just I stood there for a second and I'm like oh my god and then if you only had you moment,
1: had video on this Rob I wish I had that what, moment, what, what, what did what did the moves app say about that exactly it's like my GPS
0: was <laughs> spinning but I had that moment Steve, <laughs> where where I looked over and I'm like I braced myself for impact literally I'm like this is it and I look over and there's a, a Bell Canada truck coming down the Queensway in the fast lane and he he slow he stops he's like Oh, like an inch from my door stopped. I looked up at the guy. I swear I I was going to run out and hug him. And he's like, get going. (laughs) So I poke my head out. He says, go, go, go. I pull my car back into the Queensway. Like I'm on in the fast lane, across the fast lane. I pull my back car back into the Queensway. Get over to the slow lane. Cars start rolling in. I drove on for the rest of my day. And it was the single... Most, uh, it was incredible. Uh, I scared the crap out of me. Scared the crap Insane. out of me. So be safe out there, Atlanta.
1: Yes. Anyway. Yes.
0: That's my story. Sorry, that was a little long, but it was that, a near death okay. experience.
1: That's okay. We're, we're glad that. that you're here. You're still with us, Rob. That, yes. That's the key. That All right. Key.
0: So what's coming up uh, in the next little while for the uh for the Location Based Marketing Association and the World traveler Safe Con?
1: Well, we've got a bunch of things happening. So, you know, a couple really big things happening for us, which is uh, first is we we have a brand new chapter opening in Sydney, Australia, uh, on February the 18th. So we're super excited about that. And uh, you know, anybody over there in that part of the world, if you're if you're in Australia, please come. Uh, All that information is on our site, as is uh, you know, with all the events that we're involved in. Uh, So that's February 18th. Uh, Obviously, uh, we've been talking, Rob and I have been talking about March the 9th uh, at South by Southwest. We have a huge event uh, called Retail Loco. Uh, So if you've got anything to do with retail, vendor or you're a retailer or you're you're a CPG brand, whatever it is, get down there. This thing's selling out. We're we're already half sold out and we're, we're still weeks away. Um, and we got fantastic speakers, all the agendas there, great brand speaking, and big announcement coming next week in terms of uh, a new keynote speaker that we're, I'm super excited about, can't, can't talk about it yet. Teaser. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's coming. So uh, yeah, so lots going on. And then, um, sorry, I skipped over one in the middle there, February 25th, 26th, uh, for, for those of, uh, of our fans who are over in Europe or, or willing to get over there to Barcelona for Mobile World Congress. Uh, I won't be there, but Dan Hodges, our uh, New York uh, chapter uh, president, will be over there speaking on behalf of the LBMA. So uh, get out there and support Dan or, and, and get to the Mobile Media Summit, which is an event that's basically happening at, at Mobile World Congress um, uh, that we're, uh, we're, we're, we're supporting. So, yeah.
0: Amazing. And of course, if you want to find more information about all the speakers and the schedule for Retail Local, go to retaillow.co. Retail Low.co, or just yeah. go to thelbma.com, click on the events and you will find out more information about this and every other event that Asif is uh, sponsoring, paying for, co-hosting, speaking at, yeah, yeah. Globe trotting yep. around the world. Amazing. And the only thing that I have, you know, uh, past my near-death experience, of course, is uh, I'm going to be in, in Toronto uh, March 5th at uh, DX3 talking about uh, this thing called, what I call, uh, the path or the creating your mobile experience. You know, and I, so I'm going to be talking about that at DX3. A little bit of a keynote. And I'm very excited about that. That's uh, awesome. March 5th. This March 5th. And I'll be you know, there.
1: How? I'll be there in the crowd cheering. There we go. Well, bring some beer, would you? 10 a.m.
0: <laughs> 10 a.m. So we we're going for beer afterwards. Oh, well, it starts early. Oh, okay. All right. It starts the night before. Anyhow. All right, well, you know, we've got a jammed show, as usual. I always say that, but uh, honest to goodness, Asif, uh, you know, it gets harder and harder and harder to uh, say no to these stories because they're amazing, seven great stories, Uh, a huge, hugely popular app that I'm I'm going to focus on as our app of the week. We've got our Mobile Minute with Chuck Martin, and, of course, we've got our guest, which is a special guest uh, for a news event that happened this week and our resource of the week. We're going to start with Chuck and our Mobile Minute. Here he is. it is time for another mobile minute so I think throughout this whole holiday shopping season we've realized one thing Chuck and that is that mobile doesn't have store hours (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Uh, I, I re- was reminded of this a while back, driving back from a Thanksgiving gathering of my family, and I had my, my family in the car, and we're driving along, and I hear this ka-ching, ka-ching. My phone was in my pocket. I usually have it somewhere else, but it was in my pocket, and my, my family kept saying, "What is that sound? We'd be, we'd be going by a mall, and I'd, I'd be, of course, getting an, an offer from re- the, my Retail Me Not app. and. I mean, forget that we were doing six, 60 miles an hour or so, and none of the stores were actually open because of Massachusetts laws uh, until midnight. Uh, I was still getting the offers for the deal, so it was kind of kind of irrelevant. Uh, but but sales that year, in terms of real time, uh, really is is happening online. And if you look at the IBM Digital Analytics be- Benchmark. Thanksgiving day sales alone just that one day were up twenty percent from a year ago. And that's based on eight hundred retail sites uh, with millions and millions of online transactions. Uh, even though some stores weren't open, average order value was one hundred and twenty eight dollars. So uh, p- people are, are are buying on Thanksgiving. at eight pm, sc- scales based sales went uh, sort of straight up through the roof the old hockey line uh, hockey stick approach. So um, average order size is one hundred and ten dollars. Uh, mobile is having a big deal on a holiday shopping.
0: What uh, what were the most I don't know active cities?
2: Um, well if you look at the at, at the big cities involved, it was New York, Atlanta, Chicago, LA, and Washington DC in that order. That that's where the sort of where the, the big activity was. But there was really big activity everywhere. Those are just big metro markets where there's simply more
0: people can buy more things. Chuck Martin, ladies and gentlemen, author of two books, like worldwide known brand when it comes to talking about the mobile industry, uh, retail and commerce. He does a daily article, a media post, but please check him out. Uh, But obviously, we do this every single day, every weekday on untethered.tv, so you can subscribe there to many, many, many more. I think we're up to 233 or 234 published, which is incredible. Awesome. So that's our Mobile Minute. All right, uh, you know, I feel like I've done all the talking so far, so I'm gonna I'm gonna continue doing this right now. See if I, for the app of the day, this is something called Mind M Y N D. It is an application. It is a calendaring application, but it is one of the coolest looking calendaring applications I have ever seen. Um, you can go to Mind calendar, M-Y-N-D, calendar.com. For those of you who are watching, you got a little bit of screen grabs up here that I'm just throwing showing up on my on the screen. Uh, it, essentially, what it is is it's a calendar. That brings in contextual information about not only the place you're going, but that you know the temperature and all that, and the people you're going to meet. It also has this great little thing where if you put in the location, your home location, your work location, and the place you're going to, it estimates the number of kilometers or miles you will be traveling during that day. Uh, so it says, you know, yesterday, for me, uh, the travelers, the, the estimated number of uh, kilometers I was going to travel were about 65. I ended up doing 61 because I went to the Sens game last night. Um, but it, it, it's it's a typical calendar. But it's got this great analytics, this great front screen, which is just killer. It's beautiful. So I implore you, go and take a look at this. It is an astounding-looking calendar. Uh, it does the same things that uh, you know Donna does, which is it allows you, it sends you notification when mm-hmm. you have to leave in order to not be late in, uh, for your meetings. It does all that kind of stuff. It's all built into it. It's all baked. It's just, I love this application. Uh, it it uh, may actually replace Tempo for me because of its beauty. How's that? Wow. Yikes. that's
1: that, that's saying a lot.
0: Yeah, I haven't made up my mind yet, but it is an astounding, astounding looking application.
1: You know, Any time you see something with that kind of you know you know beautiful UX and design, you know, it's just it's it's hard to kind of put them down, right? It's hard to not use you know those types of apps. but uh, well, so you know you know I, I think if you're if you're in the app development community, you know the, these are the people you should be spending investing lots of dollars in is the people who you know who can do that kind of beautiful UX. Uh, type of work. So well, let I me mean, let
0: me do an experiment here, Steve, because I'm going to show up. You know, everybody was talking about last week. Everybody was just going crazy, or, or two weeks ago, over Sunrise. Like Amber Max said, this was her favorite calendaring application. I'm just going to pull it up on the screen there. That's what Sunrise looks like. Okay. Right. Right. Now I'm going to pull up Mind, just as a as a straight up comparison. For those of you who are not watching, this is riveting podcasting. I tell you. Look at like is there any comparison between those two no no so you know when you think of sunrise in the ux it still looks like a calendar this actually looks beautiful and it's functional so go to uh, mindcalendar.com mynd calendar.com and that is our app of the week go and download it just awesome. do it it's free. it's free all right all right let's jump into the stories in. for sure so our first story this week
1: uh Comes from Toshiba, uh, and this is a company we don't talk about too often on the show. Um, so they're obviously a player in the uh, in the, in the screen uh, televisions and screen uh, world, and so they announced uh, a new product this week, uh, effectively a prototype, but it, but it is a commercial uh, product that they're going to market with uh, at, at the uh, Japanese uh, electronic show, the SE Business Fair show that just happened. Um, And it's called uh, smartphone linked signage, and so so, you know, they they need to get they need to get a branding person on board with this thing. But you know, it it is it says what it is. It's smartphone linked signage, and so basically, what this thing is is picture you know a big digital screen, um, you know that uh, that people can interact with, and and so what happens is is you approach this screen, and it's got you know beacon uh, proximity sensor built into it that engages with your smartphone. Uh, via SMS, and uh, sort of via Bluetooth, and um, the, uh, uh, the screen then gets broken into a series of tiles based on the number of people that are near it and are interacting with it. And so you, as an individual consumer, can take control of, of a tile and basically have ads or content you know, that is relevant to you in that tile versus somebody who might be standing beside you, you know, has control of a different tile, all on the same screen. Um, so I think this is, you know, really interesting, you know, it, it's the for me it's the whole idea of, you know, not even just push but 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 pull and how those things come together in terms of how we're going to start to deliver content and, and how we, you know, get people to engage with, with screens near them and, and the connectivity of the mobile device and, 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 and those things coming together. You know, it's also, um, you know, and I, I think, I don't know how long ago, maybe six months ago, you know, on the show I talked about this, this idea of you know the, these these screens being you know really small um, and and the desire you know with the consumer to kind of go to something bigger. So the idea that you can you know walk up to to a screen like like was talking about here and and then basically take whatever's on your on your phone here and then push it up to a slightly bigger tile if you will that's part of a bigger uh, screen and so that you can visualize say, you know, the Google map that you're trying to figure out how to get to where you're going right now and you want to just see a bigger image of that, um, you know, you, so you can do those kinds of things. So, so I think there's a lot of potential and power to, to something like this and it, it's unique.
0: It is very unique. Uh, my only question though is what's the link back, right? so. Uh, you can imagine that if you have got this giant screen uh, low energy bluetooth and we've talked about um, uh, you, you know screens with nfc built into yep. the screens for that kind of same thing proximity I, I mean we're entering this really awesome world of dumb screens and smart computes right on the on the on the smartphone but uh, what happens with that linkage i always figure that like instead of pushing my stuff and interacting with a screen, what I would like to be able to do is bring that screen down and have my options on the yep. device. So creating that, we, we talk about that all the time. See, is that linkage between the screen, so the retailer or whatever it is that you're trying to interact with, and you, and then I can take that away with me. And there's that there's there yeah. is that continuous link with, yeah. with like the linkage stuff to. that we've talked about, yeah.
1: before, where you can put, take stuff from the screen. And I think that you know I could see that easily being. I mean, I mean even Linkit, uh, which yeah. is basically just a USB you know media player that gets plugged into the back of the screen that makes it NFC compliant. Um, you know, so it's very easy to you know add yeah. that functionality to something like this. So it just
0: can't be lost, though. That the desire to see things on a bigger screen is one thing, but the desire for a retailer or anybody who, that's in this business who would use this to have that ongoing dialogue with that smartphone, I think mm-hmm. you, you can't you can't forget that. But uh, yeah, for sure. You know, we're entering this brave world. It's going to be interesting with NFC and low energy Bluetooth baked into screens and how that inter- how you interact as a node on that. And um, I, I think it's amazing. Yeah. I love it.
1: Exciting times and and, and it, it, you know this kind of stuff you know like there's just so much possibility of how we interact with screens and objects that are around us which is you know like our, our next story which which I love.
0: Uh, yes, exactly. I love well this is uh, you know so this is uh, in Bristol uh, uh, something that ran from July to September of 2013 something called Hello Lamp Post. So this is basically that they've uh, they've uh, created what unique ID Identify fires for inanimate objects like lamp posts, mailboxes, whatever it might be. And the idea is that you you text the mailbox and you wake it up and you leave messages there for people to collect later on. And you can create an, an ongoing dialogue around a location or an inanimate object. And this thing, apparently, uh, you know, the whole idea was was to uh, you know look at your city in a different way and Mm -hmm. to interact with your city in a different way and uh, you know I don't know if if they have released any of the results but you know they they did this with lampposts and post boxes and uh, and manholes and bins and telephone poles they just turned them into, they turned inanimate objects into communication tools
1: yeah yeah no I think it's brilliant Um, you know I think anytime you can you can you know bring uh, you know, to, to light, you know, history and knowledge about you know the place that's around you and 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 the things that are around you, the buildings that are near you, and all of that. You know, these are the kinds of things that I think are, you know, where where the true value of location, you know, starts to you know really really see benefit. I, I think to the city, to the people that are there. It's not you it can't just be about coupons and deals all day, right? Like it's, you know, this is this is you know, this is, this is interesting stuff, like this is like, you know, your city is, is actually talking to you, right, <laughs> in, a, in a sense, and, and, and you're interacting with it, you're, you're, you're part of it. Um, and I was reading about this project, and, and so the guy, um, one of the guys who, who led this thing, he said he was inspired by, by a book, a uh, novel by uh, an author named Sebald. Um, where he basically uh, in this book, it talks about the city being a walkable version of the protagonist's brain, and that's and, and so he read this book, and and, and, and that's what kind of inspired him to do this. That's very cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's really neat.
0: Hello, lamppost Project. Did you just do a Google search, or of course you come to yeah. Untethered the, the book's
1: called Austerlitz, by the way.
0: Austerlitz.
1: Yeah, A U S T E R L I T Z. Z Austerlitz. I know where you are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, But if you uh, would like a link to that, go to untethered.tv, and this is, of course, this is episode number 167, or you can go to thelbma.com and find it there as well. Uh, But very, very, very cool. Hello, Lamppost. The Hello, Post project. All right, third story. Seif. There you go. ATT, yeah. Buddy. So our next
1: our next story is a is a partnership that uh, has recently emerged between AT and T and and Saber, Saber being the the company that provides all the technology behind most of the airline reservation systems and you know basically controls you know travel information around the world on the back end um, and have been doing that for a long long time uh, and AT and T obviously everybody knows who who they are. Um, And and so they're working together to kind of use AT&T's location information services platform, their geofencing platform, and combining that up with the data that's sitting inside of Saber's uh, platforms to effectively develop uh, intelligent communication systems based on location. To you know, um, help travelers and alert travelers at airports in particular is what, is what they're suggesting. Um, you know, and provide be, you know better analytics to the airlines and, and, and information to the consumers, to the traveling consumers. Uh, you know, around alerts and uh, you know uh, delays and, and whatever it is you know that, that you're looking for. And so they, they, they describe you know they say you know, imagine an app um, that can alert airline staff when a high status passenger is still clearing security. Or when the flights due to depart, you know, so so that you can have this kind of information, you can say, well, this is a super elite, you know, traveler still stuck in security. You know, we need to go, you know, above, you know, you know, above what we would normally do, and and go and try and track this guy down and get him through security faster, you know, and do those kinds of things, or you know, notifies a traveler of you know promotions that happen to be in the airport bookstore or whatever it is. So you know, we know Google, you know, has. Uh, been doing indoor mapping uh, in airports we've talked about that before so I think this would be interesting to see how you know you take some of the indoor mapping that's going on AT&T's you know sort of cellular SMS capabilities around geofencing in terms of push notifications and then and then obviously Sabre's you know travel data so I think there's a lot of potential to this you know how it actually gets commercialized and delivered you know who knows right but, but I think it's it, it's an interesting combination of companies working
0: together And this must be that uh, you know I I think that a lot of the carriers AT and T and every other carrier is looking for these these unique services that that are limited to their network to keep customers you know keep customers loyal or you know attract new customers to their network. So you you know this is probably going to be a freebie that's added on to their network just so that you don't leave AT and T and go to a competing uh, competing network. That's the way I can see these things. That's why these these relationships are so important as long as they're exclusive, right? Exactly. So it's going to roll out in the first half of 2014. So if you're an AT and T customer, we would love to hear about this. If you sometime in the next six months this happens, where you start to get these notifications when you're at the airport, reach out. Let us know. Yeah, and, I, and obviously,
1: you know, I'm the perfect candidate to you test are. this. I mean, I actually have you know, my U.S. phones an AT and T uh, phone. I'm on their network, um, and I'm, I'm in airports all the time. So we'll see what happens.
0: So when when it happens, you've got to use your AT and T phone and film it with your you know your Rogers phone, so you can you can yeah. show us what, exactly what happens. But it's exactly. That's very, very neat. But it, it dovetails really well into this next, uh, our next story around Google and a uh, patent that they've uh, that they've just applied for or been granted, I guess.
1: Yeah. So uh, this is a really interesting thing, right? I mean, like I, I'm always fascinated, you know, by seeing, you know, what Apple and Google and IBM and all these guys are doing around patents. By the way, you know, quick. Quick sidebar. Uh, I just I, I saw a story the other day. We're not going to talk about it on the show, um, other than to mention it. But <laughs> apper- apparently, IBM has sold like a
0: couple hundred patents to Twitter. to Twitter. Yeah, right. Like this is insane. Like you know, well, it's it's it, going to get litigious, man, between Facebook right. and Snapchat and Twitter. That's a whole other story. But yeah, you're it's right. It's a
1: whole other story. But anyway, so Google's got this patent that uh, is really about linking online ads to free or discounted taxi rides and transportation. And so the idea of what they're going for here is is, is to suggest that um, you know driving traffic to a merchant effectively uh, can be underwritten uh, you know by you know doing location-based ads or better yet you know if we can if we can get you to the to the merchant or we can, and we can get somebody to pay for that you know that transportation piece. Um, you know, maybe that will drive more commerce. You know, uh, you know, uh, to this particular merchant. I, I think it, it's 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 an interesting, pretty strong concept, especially when you then look at Google's also made massive investments in Uber. Uh, right? They own they own a big chunk of Uber, um, and and so so I think that you know there's a lot there, there's a lot that can come out of this, right? It's the idea of sort of free or cheap travel, uh, or you know, reduced rate travel. Um, you know, I think that's it's interesting. It, 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 like it's a, it's a neat concept. Especially if they can drive, you know, traffic to this. And this for me is like, I mean, Groupon should be doing this
0: kind of stuff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Any coupon company should be doing this. And here's a, an example right from the um, the actual patent. It says that, uh, for example, the calculation may consider various factors, including a consumer's current location, the consumer's most likely route, and form of transportation: train, car, you know, bike, whatever it might be. The consumer's daily agenda, Well, obviously, the price competing advertisers are willing to pay for the customer to be delivered yeah. to alternative locations and other costs, including, you know, transportation costs and everything else like that. But, you know, when you wrap all that into a ball, uh, you can make a decision on whether or not it's worthwhile even to advertise, right? Or, and I love the idea of subsidizing the ride to the store because you know that they're going to spend, the profitability is going to be higher than, than it's, covering it's, the it's, cost of that.
1: It's huge, right? And and the whole idea of using sort of the AdWords words type algorithm to drive you know people bidding on the cost of this thing, uh, on the cost of transport of, of that transportation is huge.
0: It's fascinating. What did these? It's guys? Google. I Google? mean, this
1: this is Google. Like this is what you know. You know, like Google is terrible at. Uh, you know, at doing mobile, you know, and social, you know, and consumer, social, anything, yes. consumer, anything, Yeah, but algorithms for, you know, bidding systems and, and AdWords type stuff, they own that, right? Like they absolutely own that. Wow. And, and this is like, for me, this is the kind of thing that can be, I, I could see this being very successful.
0: Yes, I could as well and being leveraged to, you know, I think, you know, all of these have tipping points, right? Where, where they're, they're so overused that they become annoying, right? Like Google AdWords, right? Yeah. Um, So at some point this becomes, but those first movers, can you imagine that? You're you're looking at a, so you're engaged maybe with an ad tile, which is our fifth story, right? Where you finally, you know, it's an interactive ad and uh, you're saying like, I want that. And like, you can say, I want that. And then two seconds later, there's an Uber cab in front of you. Uh, and it takes you to the store to get it. And it's all yeah. subsidized by the cost of, uh, by, by the store to bring you in their door and, and share their Absolutely. experience. Absolutely. Boom. Google. Love it. I love and hate Google. <laughs> oh. You ha-
1: have to though, right? I mean, yeah. like, I don't think, I don't think there's anybody that doesn't love and hate Google.
0: Yeah. I, you're, you, yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be careful, but you've gotta appreciate what they're doing here, which is mass, right? It, it's incredible. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, those those are the
0: first four stories. Uh, you know, this this uh, our guest right now is is really relevant in the news in the last couple of days because his company was just acquired by Yahoo. I sat down with Kevin Chang, who is the founder of a company called Donna, which is a personal assistant application, and uh, Yahoo just Yahoo just bought them yesterday. So that would be Thursday, the thirtieth of January, and uh, this is a service that I used. For very religiously. I loved this little application, calendaring app, and so on. And uh, I, use, I use a bunch of them all at the same time. And uh, so this is, this is actually an episode that I did way back um, when Donna launched their first version. But we thought it would be really interesting to get his perspective of, again about what he's doing and, and, uh, and juxtapose that about uh, selling out. And I don't mean that in a bad way. With everything, there comes a time to actually unload. And we're very critical of companies that don't sell. Uh, and then just just you know disappear into the ether. So I, I will never fault any entrepreneur for selling their company. I get angry though when I hear that they're going to shut down the services, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, you know it happened uh, with Dave Lieb and Bump. It's happening with Donna. It's happening with um, you know Milk. Uh, you know Kevin uh, Rose's company, and and it kind of irks me a little bit. But it was Dave Lieb that said to me. He kind of put. He said, you know. Uh, this you know innovation happens it's time to move on if you can you got to get over it ultimately is what he's saying. so this is innovation but this is Kevin Cheng, uh, the founder of Donna just recently acquired by Yahoo before we, we jump into this I, I gotta understand uh, is is what you guys are doing do you consider this still an app or are you kind of trying to uh, you know elevate this game away from the app and into this you, you call it a personal assistant and it really is an effective uh, term for this but is this an app is Donna an app?
3: Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a really, really good question because um, we don't really consider Donna an app. We consider Donna a service. Um, and and we, we very deliberately named the product after a person's name uh, to give you that feeling that you are interacting with a person, uh, to give you that peace of mind of knowing, like, somebody's taking care of this stuff for me. Uh, so that i don't have to worry about this, this, and this, um, and this this, and this being broader and broader set of things, um, so uh, right now you know um, I'm sure we'll talk more in detail about the kind of specifics of Donna, but like one example is that Donna tells you when to leave to get to a meeting on time and then gives you the directions. when you look at like how a person would interact with you in doing that, uh, which we we did, we interviewed a lot of. Personal assistants, executive assistants. We talk to a lot of people who have those assistants. Um, and you think about like what happens there. It's like somebody knocks on the door and says, "Rob, it's time for you to leave to your meeting. Uh, if you're going to get to the other thing on time, because there's traffic. Um, and here's a piece of paper that's the directions. And here's a piece of paper that's like the photo of who you're meeting with, and some notes for the meeting. Uh, and they are like, great, thank you, Donna. Uh, so we kind of think of the phone and the app as the canvas upon which Donna is communicating with you and it just so happens to be right now the only canvas and the only phone but like, we, we certainly see Donna as somebody uh, or a service that, that communicates with you in whatever way makes sense to you whether that's texting with you emailing something to you when it makes sense or even phoning you because you know, you're not paying attention to the phone uh, you're not paying attention to the push notifications because you have too many Zynga games popping off, or something like that. Um, so, so we think of Don as a service, and the app is is one of the avenues with which the service communicates with you and displays information.
0: It's a, 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 it's a great great way to describe it because you know I, I think that the the mobile environment. It gives rise to imagination right and you know it's not just that it has to reside on the device but you can leverage all facets of this device to be able to do what it's supposed to be doing which is you know in this instance getting you from A to B on time right and and making sure you you, you, uh, you leave at the right time um, but just for those who are who are listening and, and don't understand the name Donna um, you know there's so many, so many theories that came out right when this app came out but it is about it is named after donna moss from one of my favorite television shows of all time which is the west wing um and i you know what's the lore there what's the mythology about donna moss that that made you guys name it after her um so the first decision
3: is name it after a person yep. name name give it a person's name why why yeah. do that
0: so just just to humanize the whole experience uh
3: so originally we had a we had the idea to just use like initials or something like that so that um anyone could assign whatever name they wanted to the product. Um, But then we, one of the pivotal moments was actually when we had a conversation with uh, somebody used to work with at Twitter, uh, Rail Dornfest, who prior to Twitter he had founded a company which made a product called I Want Sandy. Uh, And that was sort of a similar type of product, an email assistant, a little bit before its time and um, he talked a lot about uh, how there was this emotional connection that he, he felt that his users had with Sandy. They would say things like, um, "I," they would they would write in to support and say, hey, I think I've made Sandy mad because I was a little bit rude with her, and I'm really sorry about that. Um, and just like, really, it's not like they, they thought Sandy was real, but, um, but you just sort of... Uh, I think that we want to interact with humans even when we or human-like things even when we know that they're not human. It's sort of like how if you have like two eggs and bacon, your your brain just sees a face. You know? <laughs> yes. And and like it, it's it's in our nature to want to kind of associate with something that's human-like. So um so we were like we should do an a name. Um, we should it should be something that you can relate to but it shouldn't be something that you can just name whatever you want. Because um, we think of this character as somebody that's uh, really, really super intelligent, super smart, super efficient, professional, who can do it all and who can like, manage everybody's day. Uh, and, and you can't rename that person no more than that person can rename you. Right? So, um, so then we're like, okay, we're going to give a name. Uh, what's the name we should choose? and we threw around like famous assistant names, and like there were things like Alfred was thrown out there radar from radar oh, rod Ash and, um, and you know, like the Alfred thing has this weird like butler classist feel to it, um, and we felt like Donna was really just it rang really well as a name but also was like embodied by a strong character. Um, and we, uh, and then, you know, there are other factors, of course, like don.na was a domain that we were able to get, um, and we had at Donna on Twitter, and so, like, everything just sort of quickly fell into place, and we're like, this is, this is a person. And, you know, it's, it's even, like, we, we use the term personal assistant app because that's kind of what everyone everyone's talking about in terms of the nomenclature. But really we think of Donna as more of a chief of staff than an assistant. Donna is just capable of doing so much more and really managing your day, not assisting your day. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, um, but you know, it just doesn't have the same ring. be like a chief of staff app.
0: Kevin Chang, the founder of Donna and now a Yahoo employee. Could you work for Yahoo? No. No. (laughs) I couldn't either. Could, could you be acquired by Yahoo?
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm just saying, like this is this goes to that whole thing. I I want to be acquired for a living. Is that I wrong?
1: No, I I think that, that everybody should be want to be acquired.
0: Well, the great thing about Kevin is that I know he is a uh, he is like a devout practitioner of entrepreneurship. So it will not be the last we see, and I think that that's great. So he's got a little bit of. Kaching in his pocket, and I do believe I, no deals were were. Uh, this deal wasn't announced. No price was announced, but I do believe that he's going to take that money and do great things with it, and and uh, revolutionize something else like he did with Donna. So congratulations, Kevin. I'm bummed, dude, but it's okay because I got I got this uh, I got this mind app now, so I'm okay. I'm okay. Transition should be easy. There you go, Kevin Cheng from Donna. Thanks for allowing us to use that, whether you know we used it or not. All right, back to the awesome. stories. All
1: right, so our fifth story is a company called AdTile, uh, and uh, I love this thing. First of all, um, so well, like maybe love love is a strong word. I'm uh, I'm appreciative of what they've built here uh, in terms of you know how they're how they're how they're delivering mobile ads. So basically, what this thing is is ads, um, you know, ads like any other mobile suck. ad network, um, and they suck because you know <laughs> basically. For the most part, every other mobile ad we see out there is, you know, a banner ad from a website that they shrunk down to fit onto a smartphone, you know, screen. That's mobile advertising today. Um, and so, what these guys have done is they've they've taken uh, advertising, they've created ad units that are motion sensitive. Okay, and so. You know, the, the, the failure, I think, of, of the mobile advertising industry in general is we don't use all the amazing sensors that are built into this thing, right? You know, the gyroscope and the compass and the accelerometer and all that stuff. And so these guys are actually doing some of that, which is why I like this thing. So, you know, basically, uh, you see the AdTile logo in the corner, you press it. Uh, and then you can interact with the ad and you can interact by shaking it or walking, you know, or, or drawing something or doing something. There's, the there's, motion, right. yeah. there's motion required in order to sort of activate this thing. And when you complete the action that they want you to do, then you actually get a reward, like a physical reward for some sort of merchant or store that's nearby. And so then, you know, you get your reward and then you get directions, um, you know, that they're, they're pulling the, the, uh, the geo content in from Yelp. Um, and, and then you get directions on how to go to Redeem around the corner from where you are. But, you know, it's the idea for me that, you know, this isn't just, you know, here, here's a group on for, you know, a, a group on now for, you know, the uh, coffee shop around the corner. It's, you know, do some work, you know, play with this thing, interact with this ad. I mean, the dwell time on these ads has to be, like, you know, infinitesimally, like, bigger than, you know... Um, you know standard anything. Mobile advertising anything yeah. right um, people are actually interacting they're actually having a brand experience you know you you know with these things and then you get a reward uh, and then you, you you actually go to the place and there's directions on how to get there and and redeem I mean
0: I think it makes sense it is uh, very much to me like keep keep dot me uh, yeah you know in that context but it's a little bit it, it's um, Keep, keep is in, in, in context to the application, and, and this is just a mobile ad that it, you know obviously is a is a popover mobile ad that that it doesn't destroy the experience inside of the application. I'd have to see it to to really understand that if it if it's, if it pops up at the most opportune times or you're engaged at the most opportune times, but I really like the one. I mean, you think about it is that there's one that shows that you know there's move this way for a free cup of coffee. And then it yep. tells you in the direction you move it like, you know, like a compass and it tells you like you're 170 feet away from your free cup of coffee. So you hold yep. it until you actually get to your free cup of coffee. If awesome. that's something that you want, it's right. well done. Makes it's very sense. well done. And I hate ads, but yep. if I had to see an ad, this would be one of those ads that I would, I would like to see, right? There's one for the Shake Shack where it's basically like, you know, you shake it until you fill up the, the cup full of, uh, full of shake right. and then, you know, you get a coupon, right? So you have to get engaged with the brands and I think that that's, it's the beginning. And, uh, so Love it. You can you can see it. There's been video playing, obviously, uh, over Steve's head most of the time here. But if you go to AdTile.me, A-D-T-I-L-E.me, you'll find more information about this great little company. Which is uh, this kind of innovation? I'm okay with. I still hate ads. There's better than ads, but AdTile.me, awesome.
1: All cool. right, Rob.
0: All right, so uh, we talked. Uh, was it last week that we talked about Jelly? A couple weeks ago, I think. A couple weeks ago, yeah, yes. Of course, this is Biz Stone's uh, new company that uh, has has uh, kind of. Uh, uh, it didn't take anybody by storm it's gotten moderately good reviews but you know obviously a lot of people also trying it out and then ditching it because it's 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 uh, you know maybe a, a niche product but ultimately what it is is you're supposed to take a, a photo of something and get uh, have questions answered about that photo, right? Whether it's a monument yep. or a, a fern or an animal, um, this is what Jelly is. So uh, an Indian group has raised about a half a million dollars to build a Jelly competitor, and they launched it in the U.S. It's Android-only. iOS is coming out in a little bit. Uh, it's called Quest. So if you go to questapp.co, you can find out a little bit more information about this. Uh, you, but here it is. It's a half a million dollars, and they've already got an Android version out of there. So what... I mean, is this a real product, Asif? Is I, uh, jelly a product, or is this a category, or is this just something that disappears? I don't
1: know if it's a category. I mean, like, when we talked about jelly, we talked about, you know, local mind, and, you know, like, I, I, I think, you know, the idea yeah. of getting people around you to answer questions about, you know, whatever whatever you're, you know, you're, you're seeking to know, um, you know, I think it is, is interesting. You know, for me, these are. I'm not sure these are standalone products, right? I, I think these are, you know, it, it's it's a it's a feature, it's a desire, you know, amongst a certain segment of the consumer population that that wants to use this type of functionality, but it, but it's a it's a function really that belongs in in lots of other apps, right? Yeah. Like I mean, you know, there's no reason you couldn't have this capability in Yelp or in Foursquare or in, you know, a whole bunch of, sort of Facebook, right? Um, you know, so, so for me that's how I look at these things, like I don't think these are, you know, solid standalone products, right? I think they're, they're solid, you know, capabilities and functionality, uh, you know, pieces that should be bolted on to, to other, uh, you know, existing solutions.
0: You know, and, and the biggest challenge here is that it's 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 also not going to be static information around this. It's you know they're going to be basically geotagging photos um, to help users find nearby people. So this is this is really like LogoMind Mind, um, yeah. who can answer questions. Uh, so it, it's really focused on best restaurants or places to dine or you know things to do. But uh, the, the big difference here is that it's not leveraging any other social network like Jelly. At least you know pushed it out to the, your other social networks. Yep. They want to create their own inside of this thing.
1: Yeah, and there's good and bad to that, right? I yeah. mean, like you know, the, the, you know, it's it's good in the sense that you know, like if it works, you know, and they get enough people on board, they have their own data; they're not relying on third party, right? Uh, yeah. You know, because if if Twitter or Facebook or whoever shuts down their their API, it cuts yes. them off, I'm
0: rail against that. Yes,
1: jelly's done, right? Yeah. So, um, so, so I like that piece of it. Um, I just like for me, I'm just you know, I'm stuck on. I don't see, like for me, this is not a standalone app that I'm going to download and use to ask questions. No. If the capability was built into something I already have and I use, you know, I might use it, you know, from time to time when I need that. Right. But it's not going to sit there as a standalone thing on my device. Yeah. That's just me. Right.
0: No. And I, I don't, uh, this is not something that I'm going to use because I'll use Twitter. I'll use Facebook. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to choose that or I'll just lean over and say like, hey, uh, how's the food? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, there's a logical piece to that Facebook should be building into their app. Yeah,
0: Facebook. And, and like, you know, Facebook uh, it will get there eventually. I mean, they're rolling out a whole bunch of stuff. A new news app, right, which looks yeah, beautiful to absolutely. take on Flipboard. They're, they're almost cresting a billion mobile users. Like, that isn't ins- – like, so, you know, and their, and their strategy has got to be to look at this. So they've got Instagram as a standalone photo sharing application. Yep. They've got uh, Facebook Messenger as their, you know, their Snapchat uh, competitor i would say whatever then they've got facebook the app which it seems like bloatware right now because it does too much so it wouldn't surprise me that they get into this space uh, almost naturally because they've now got the news app that's coming out february 3rd which we should take a look at for next week and, and so when you start to think about what they're doing is that they're going after a single app single purpose application world and this actually might fit very well into that but i would put it in context to a travel application right so that if i am now we talk about this all, all the time about context around if, if I am in Italy and uh, I'm at a place and I know that 30 of my friends have been to that place and it's all tied in through Facebook, but I don't go through the Facebook infrastructure. I just go through the Facebook travel app, for example. They can give their own recommendations and then I can reach out to those guys individually. So you start to see that happening. And then it, it, what does that do for these other companies like yeah. uh, Quest and like Jelly? So um yeah yeah yeah, you're right you got to be there's got to be pioneers you got to have that first dog to go or monkey to go in space and and blow up right before before somebody else comes in you prove the way that you can do it and then you um then somebody else will come in and do it so if this is of interest it's on android right now it's coming out to ios they say soon but you can go to quest there's a questapp.co questapp.co all right all right last story you you get this one
1: Yeah, all right. Our last story is a uh, is a new service called Hand Up, and basically uh, created by um, a guy named Rose or a gal named uh, Rose Broom uh, with an E on the end. Uh, This is in San Francisco, and so basically, trying to deal with the ever growing homeless, uh, you know, population in San Francisco, and and you know, obviously many other cities around the world too. But um, basically, what they've set up here is is you know, they they've created a system where they identify individual homeless people. Uh, they create a profile for these homeless people that you can you can see through something called the Project Project Homeless Connect um, website, um, or the Hand Up website, actually. Um, and 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 so you know, think of this as you know, World Vision, Foster Children. You know, you're sponsoring you know a homeless person. Okay, and so the homeless people on the street are given like business cards, effectively, with an SMS uh, address on them, and then you know you can you can text donations to support these individual homeless people through this service. Uh, I think it's brilliant. Um, so quite great. frankly, you know, I, I think this is this is amazing. Like it's just you know. It's taking a problem and and you know and find, just using simple technology, you know, to kind of bring a new way for people to think about it, and and, and, a, and a way in which people are, you know, used to interacting through their mobile devices, right? I mean, we we SMS we text all day. Why not you know, you know, text you know a dollar to support you know homeless people and have an individual homeless person that you you see every day that you walk by every day on your way to work. You know, um, and be able to, and not just like you know, you see them. Like you go to these these stories, and, and you see the whole profile about this individual, like photos and everything. You know, yeah. Why are they homeless? Yeah. What was what was their story? How did they get to be on the street? Like you get to learn all that and read about all these things, and then and, and then you're even more motivated to give, right? So I
0: love this idea, and it's only available in San Francisco right now. It's only being done. So there's opportunities yep. everywhere. It's called Hand Up. Go to handup.us. Handup.us. I just, it's a beautiful love website. It. It's a great message, and uh, the story behind it is amazing as well. Yeah, good story, Steve. Yeah. <sighs> Puts it in perspective. All right, so Mobile Minute, App of the Week, seven stories. Special guest Kevin Chang, the last piece of business, is this resource of the week where what? You know, it just seems that nobody wants to use digital coupons not the most influential people anyways.
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently not. Uh, so, a new study uh, came out. Uh, it was, it was uh, put together by a group called womensforum.com. Uh, they surveyed 2200 moms and they found that uh, the, the majority of moms prefer good old print coupons that you clip uh, over, uh, over digital. And, uh, you know, it's it's not that surprising, right? I mean, uh, when you see it, but it, but it's interesting, like, to see, you know, somebody doing a study and, and, and having real data to back this up. I mean, 2,200 moms is, is is a decent sample size. Um, you know, and so basically, uh, good old-fashioned print ads, 78% and, and 65% of supermarket circulars, Um you know, and whereas fifty-five uh, percent of them said that they they prefer online couponing, right? So these are big numbers, right? Um, big, big numbers, right? I mean, that's like eighty percent of people, you know, in 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 print ads for fashion. Yeah, you know, prefer for, for prefer a printout coupon. I mean, yeah. well, and
0: it, I don't think it surprises you. We were talking about this. My wife uh, still has resisted the, that uh, that digital side, and it's all. Uh, traditional print coupons, and um, and and it's funny to say like maybe with PC. So uh, President's Choice in Canada now has a loyalty uh, card, yep. a loyalty app that um, basically every week it sends you offers where you get points, loyalty points yes. that you can based on the products that you've purchased, and then they throw in a couple of extra ones. So if you like maple leaf bacon, for example, they might throw in like President's Choice bacon instead. You like bacon? They're trying to drive you in to buy these these um, these products and they give you different points. So, you know, maybe their coffee, you get a thousand points, but you know, somebody else's coffee, you get 500 points. So they're, they're really trying to, uh, you know, leverage this whole couponing thing in in a points way. But what's interesting is about the influence that it has on the purchase patterns and the biggest one, you know, I think it makes sense is the things that, you know, you shouldn't buy, but because they're on sale, you buy anyways. So the biggest thing that the coupon affects in mother's purchase is snack food 73 percent or frozen items 72 percent. These are things that you know you shouldn't buy but because probably the deal is good you get a great coupon you're going to buy just out of uh, just because you get a discount It's like people's people's purchasing behaviors are amazing it's so fascinating
1: it yeah. is and, and so that uh, that study will be uh, the actual study will be up on the uh, the LbMA website under the uh, research uh, tab so go uh, go take a look at it there and uh yeah that's that's the show
0: 167. done next week asif is the opening day for the winter olympics love it oh go canada go Go all countries i mean
1: i and especially winter olympics i love winter olympics because you know canada you know we we, you know we we we, we perform like i mean we come out and we you know and 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 we 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 put on a good show so you know i'm excited this year It's 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 hockey Canada's going to take it again there's we, no, there's no about
0: it. <laughs> yes they will of course they will Or there will be two depressed guys on the show but uh, whatever happens we just hope that this is a very safe and uh, actually exceptional Olympic Games no, no matter how much money the uh, Russian government has spent on it it's, I think it's by far the, the most expensive uh, prep for Winter Games and it's just about to get a whole bunch more because you've got these pesky terrorists that won't leave us alone so uh, to you guys out there who are terrorists who might be listening to this, fuck off. Let the Olympics come. Let it go without any incident. Let our, all of our uh, great, great, great athletes from all these great nations go there to Sochi and then come back in one piece with their medals around their neck. And uh, please, please, just go and fuck yourself, terrorists. How's that? That's how I'm going to end this show. It's a great way to end it, Rob. Come on. It was a great show. I had to get it in. And by the way, Bruce, uh, you know, of course, Pete Seeger died. Uh, uh, he passed away this week yep. as well. Uh, Springsteen is down, obviously, in South uh, Africa for the first time ever. Uh, he attributes it to uh, one Nelson Mandela and his crusade to, uh, to free and allow him to be there. And uh, so he also gave, paid great tribute to Pete Seeger, who is one of my favorite folk artists. My mother used to listen to him, force us to listen to him all the time. And I grew to appreciate him greatly. And it led me into Bruce Springsteen. Great tribute uh, uh, singing We Shall Overcome in, in South Africa. And if you, you've got to understand the symbolism of all that. It's absolutely amazing. Um, so um, there's the uh, Springsteen tour update. And uh, I think that actually concludes the show.
1: There you go. Well, one, one last thing, Rob. Yeah. What's your prediction? Super Bowl
0: you know what I, I I think just based on the amount of noise like if you took the social sphere it, it, it uh-huh. has to be a Seattle it's gonna be the Seahawks
1: it's gonna be the Seahawks yeah I hope all right, it. it's like, go, I'll, go, I'll go Denver then
0: well you know what I like come on you need I like the Seahawks just because so I'll, I'll take the Seahawks you take uh, you take the Broncos oh, I'll take the Broncos there we go D- done all right folks we will see you next week for episode number 168 thank you for listening to us ramble. We'll be back, Asif. Have a safe, safe, safe week in Atlanta. I hope you just dig out of those two inches. Our hearts are with you. Please. Absolutely. If you need us to send some aid, we will be there to send some aid. If you need some snow plows, we'll ship them. See you next week, everybody. (laughs) All
1: right. Bye. Bye. (laughs)